I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. And today we have a full episode of Card Talk. We've got What's on Your Mind. We're talking about a Kaboom Checklist, Facebook Q&A, Rapid Filer. Uh, hopefully Tyler can abide by the rules. We got Play of the Week. We got Latest Launch. But first, before we get into What's on Your Mind, we've got to start with the weekend that Tyler had in sports. Lou, yours wasn't much better, but the Astros are playing for the World Series. So, Jets. Uh, Lou, I guess you have Georgia now, not Michigan. It's baseball and college football season. See, this is Lou. This is Lou. But Tyler, you had a rough weekend. Want to start first things first. 13 to 54. Jets, Patriots, ass whooping. I didn't watch the game. <laughs> I love it. There's too much green on this show. The dang logo's green. All I got to hear about, all I heard about the whole before the season started was Jets are going to win nine games. They're going to be good. Zach Wilson for rookie of the year. They stink. They're bad. Do you think it was um, fair for the officials to not call those two penalties on mm. Zach? Do you think that made the difference no. in 13 to 54? No. I mean, I think I think if we have a healthy quarterback, anything's possible. I think, you know, the Patriots in their typical dirty, cheating ways decided to shoot below the knees on a young quarterback. And now he has a messed up PCL and he's out for at least four weeks, I think. He still stinks. They stink. stink. They stink. stink so bad. You stink. We stink. Yeah, at all sports. Collectively. But nope. Lou's like, don't lump me into your mess. I get buried for having something on my mind like every week. And then Ryan just starts the show with just, just before we go on what's on your mind. I'm just going to bury y'all. I agree. We started this thing off. Have to. Sometimes was, you just got to remind you. It was very impolite. Of what I was like, did. okay, I was going to bury myself. How about that one? All right, go on. Yeah, I didn't realize college football turned into like who can get three yards more than the other person. That was the dumbest thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Uh, when did that? When did that? That is so happen? bad. It's so bad, and we're even worse for not being able to win that. But that was bad. It reminded me of old school Big Ten bad football. And I, Penn State's gonna get the brakes beaten off of them by Ohio State on Saturday night at at Ohio State. The um, brakes. Yeah, they'll off. Pro- I mean, we'll probably score seven. I think it's like a 24-7, 31-7, because our D is nice. Our D is nice. We're the best defense you've played. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no question. So, Absolutely. like, it's, I don't think you'll hang crazy numbers, but we're not going to do much against you guys. Let me go positive energy. F1, Austin was sweet. That was sweet. I watched that on Sunday. And if there's one job that I want to have in my life, it's the guy on the grid pre-race that just runs around sticking the mic in people's faces trying to it's catch a, a great interview. Job. It's a great job. I literally think I'm going to just send them an email and be like, what's up? Can I resonate in training? What can I do? Because that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. 
And Rory McIlroy was really cool because most people were caught off guard by like a quick interview. They're like, whoa, 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 I'm not prepared for this. Da, da, da. He was like, I'm good. I'm chilling. What you got There's also me? like 300,000 people there, which is crazy. Yeah, it was lit. I thought it was over 400,000 people. Something like that. 300,000. They said it was like... up 50% since the last time there was an F1 race in, all, in the United States. It's a lot of people. It was lit. Lewis Hamilton out the gate. Boom. Passed him, but then took the L long term. But that was cool. True. Fact. Lou, who do you want to, real quick, who do you want to win? The driver's championship? Yeah. Lewis. Okay. I feel the same way. I had a lot of people like I see on Twitter and Instagram, like rooting for Max. And I just like, I've watched a documentary. We're about a season and a half in. And I just like this. I don't like him. I'm not, I'm not a Max guy. I, I would much rather see Lewis win. I'm not a Max guy either, but like either way, people, I think, you know how it is. Like people see like the best driver or whatever, and they want to like do something different. And so they, people roll with Max to like be different yeah. from Lewis. A hundred percent. Tired of seeing the same thing. Can we talk? about the difference in the two kind of card like their card stuff is is lewis selling i, I don't significantly give me a little i would bit. say lewis's stuff is definitely higher he's just got it he's on just he's on a different level of like fame and success compared to max yeah i mean he's if you actually tap into culture like early days of card talk that we talked a lot about pokemon those things lewis hamilton is like across every single genre like goaded cool. by the top people yeah he's like the coolest according to the coolest people yeah the coolest people yeah. in the world want to hang out with lewis hamilton yeah look speaks volumes if you can drive fast you can go places That's Listen, like, i could drive in circles too you know I'm, I'm wait totally bro he doesn't drive in circles i'm totally kidding I'm don't totally dale earnhardt jr me now yeah i've started uh, we uh reg and i have binge watched i mean not binge watched but like we probably watched 10 episodes in the last week that i love it. it it's it's so well done it's so i wish i would have started it earlier so i could have got through it all i, I should have uh, so i could have gotten through it already um but man that the documentary is really really well done yeah everyone gets mad we talk about f1 too much on the show so let's move on yeah and college football. but actually i get yeah, a lot of love about it other thing i'll acknowledge the tyler hero grayson allen take three games in like people think tyler hero is all of a sudden like the mvp of the league and all that stuff he did drop 30 off the bench. And 10. And, 30 and 10. I oh, got it. What they win by like 35 points? 30 and 10 is 30 and 10. 30 and 10 is 30 and 10. Grayson Allen put up 30 and 10. I'm eating it right now. I'm eating it. I'm acknowledging that I'm eating it. That's all. I'm Credit saying. to you for that. Ryan would never do that. I'm eating it. It was a, it was a bad take. <laughs> hey, I, I did eat it on Josh Allen. That was one I was way He's off. He's really on. good. I've eaten it. Yeah, I've eaten it before. I like Lou's comment though real quick on Instagram when someone said something about like, uh, Lou and I talking about the Astros and Lou saying, Ryan, not apologize. That speaks volume. <laughs> and then tagging me. Sick. Dude. Yeah. So that was definitely one thing I was, you know, hopelessly optimistic that uh, the Astros would lose, but they didn't. They found a way to win. They're not losing this round either, brother. And that's all I keep. Again, I don't Y'all watch really baseball to too much. It. I want the Braves to win. I've been, I've been clear about that. I've got some friends that are good friends that are Braves fans, but like, I don't talk to anybody that's like, yeah, Braves got this one for sure. They're winning for sure. There's no Most one on earth who thinks that. Uh, like Astros, big, big favorites going into this? No, I think it's like minus one, 160, something like that. Series price. But they never, they're not going to make it that lopsided in the World Series. You think it's going to be like five games? I would be surprised if the Astros won in seven. 
They're not going to lose. The question is, how many games does it go? God, my man Lou said they're not going to lose. They're not. They're not. I'm not even not. Yo, Topps Chrome, Sapphire, Gold Refractor, Lewis Hamilton of 50 did 15 grand off 74 Tyler's bids. Learning, on Tyler's learning a lot last night. cards in real time right now. He didn't understand what was happening. 15 bands, raw. Yeah, dog. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, look up some of his autos. Yeah, look at the autos. Look at the outrageous. Look, look at the tops chromes. Market's kind of market's kind of warm right now. It's, it's been warm, warm for a while. It's being nuked. You know, like you throw it in the microwave. I mean the macro. The yeah, macro market. I know. I understand. Ryan, are you feeling it at the shop? Busy action. Uh, it's been there's been like it's been very like very hot and very cold. Like there are some days where it's like okay crazy busy like great 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 days for the month of october and then there are days like i hope mcdonald's is hiring like i gotta go get a job like this place is dead um like i'm just right it's like it's in card it's funny because it like i I follow a lot of card ladders content but chris put out something like beginning of october that talked about like a dead period in cards from i don't remember the exact dates jay if maybe jay wants to look at that it's uh I want to say it's like October, middle of October through like November 6th, there's a dead time. And he actually gave like data as to why it is a slower period. I'm seeing if I can pull it up. It was actually very, very interesting to look at. So it's just been fun to, I mean, it's not been fun, but it's been like interesting to kind of see that and then be like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely week over week has been a little bit slower. Yeah, right here. So it's called, why does the sports card market dip in October and November? It says the hobby Bermuda Triangle, October 5th through November 3rd, the three largest leagues have important events that overlap during this window. Americans have five hours of leisure time per day. The average collector probably allocates one to two hours per day to the hobby on average. During the hobby Bermuda Triangle, leisure time normally set aside to enjoy the hobby, hobby, visiting LCS, browsing online marketplaces, etc., is diverted to watching the MLB playoffs the NFL regular season, and NBA pre and regular season. In the aggregate, less time spent buying sports cards leads to less money spent on sports cards, which leads to temporary declining prices and daily sales volume decreasing. So basically what we're getting out here is like, if you decide to like spend time with your family, you don't buy cards as much? Is that what we're getting out here? Spend time with your family, hang out with your friends? Yeah, I mean, I think it's also important that, like, you're watching sports events. You're not, like, sitting in front of eBay buying cards. They said on here, it says, what happened in 2020? It says, in between August 30th and October 25th, the Card Ladder 50 lost 15% of its value in uninterrupted freefall. And then it said, yeah, so that same time period, Card Ladder 50, yeah, drop 50. Yep, and then it says, zoom out and see what happens after the triangle, and then it goes up a little bit. Interesting. That's so not my behavior with cards. So here's this. He's got three takeaways, Ty, real quick, and then I'll be done. It says, look for a market dip during this time period. It is caused by a temporary surge in high stakes national TV sporting events, diverting attention away from buying and selling cards. Once collectors regain some of their leisure and time, they will probably allocate it to the hobby once more. It's an interesting take. He's got the data, so I'm not going to super debate it. I just think most people watch sports with a second screen. 
So yeah, that I'm was what sure. I was going to say. Um, it like doesn't line up with how I like consume sports. Growing up, I was so obsessed with the Bermuda Triangle. Like I used to go to the library and get books on the fucking Bermuda Triangle. And then lastly, Ryan, I want to put you on the spot about something. I really would like you to come to New York. And I think that we should do a card talk, bleaker, uh, street cards, trade night. New York City Yeah, I've actually had some conversations with one of the guys that works at Bleecker. We were talking about it before. Um, just been kind of busy the last couple of months. So I haven't haven't done it, but yeah, of course. But I think it'd be a cool night. We do a little live pod. Never been to New York trade night. I know that's what I'm saying. First time, love to have you. City need you. Let's get into the kaboom checklist because I know I saw you guys talking about this a little bit yesterday. Kaboom checklist just came out. Absolute football drops Wednesday, so we're recording this on Tuesday, so it'll drop when the uh, when the episode drops. It's a 50-card checklist. Um, 50 cards. There are some rookies in here, some of the notable ones. Trevor Lawrence, Lance Fields, Mac Jones, uh, Najee Harris. Randy Moss. Randy Moss, Tom Brady, Buccaneers, Chase Young, Justin Jefferson, Aaron Donald, I believe is the first-timer. Uh, Julio, Kyler Murray, Marino, Manning, Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Darren Waller. Res- respectfully, respectfully. Who's looking for a Darren Waller? Darren Waller probably doesn't have a ton of cards. I bet that sells better than you might think. Darren Waller is one of the better players I've watched in the league in the last 10 years. Just like if you, if, like he's, he's good. really good. Good ball player. Ball player. But shout out to Lou for the comment that people are uh, definitely looking for Travis Etienne, who has done so much this year compared to Zach Wilson, who is not on the checklist. <laughs> Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? It's not even about Zach. Like, is Mac Jones on here? I think Joe Burrow all, is going to have five rookie like quarter, four or, all, Yeah, four of the five rookie quarterbacks are on there. It is not Zach Wilson who's – Zach Wilson – How is that possible? Zach Wilson is not on there. Yeah, Julio Jones. Like, the, like shout out to Cardlighter, Christian McCaffrey, but like – Come on, man. What are we doing? Yeah, so the rookies included in this set, there's 10 of them. Lawrence, Trey Lance, Fields, Mac Jones, Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, ETN, and Najee Harris. There's no Zach Wilson. Good thing we're getting that TJ Wakaboom. He's great, dude. He's the top three defensive player in the league. Zach Wilson stinks. Maybe this is Panini telling you guys, hey, he oh, stinks. You know who else stinks? Who? Trey Lance. Justin Fields stinks. Trevor hey, Lawrence has been bad. Mac Jones has been bad. I hate to like, see it, man. I hate to see it because I wanted. We need one Ohio State quarterback to be good for it, one it time. Probably shout won't out, happen. Shout out to Tom Brady for dissing us um, the other day on the podium. But man, Fields down bad. Is he down bad, or is Chicago just super down bad in nah, general? He's he's not playing good. Either, he kind of he kind of doesn't look great. They stink too, but ugh. yeah, Ohio State generally. Ohio State hey guys, 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 we got to stop the, the oh, college uh, football talk. Uh, I thought you meant oh, cursing because yeah, I'm we, dead. We get, I'm, we get absolutely buried in comments. People like it. People like college. it a little bit, but we can keep it going. What's next? But, um, what'd you say, Lou? Yeah, no, I was just saying, I'm like, number one, I'm surprised by how many there are. Is that, does that seem like a lot to you, Ryan? It seems like more that? than normal, but this is expected when the whole world gets yeah, on Kabooms and you have Giannis 101 Kabooms doing 100K. This is what happens, right? When the Kaboom market yeah, explodes, true. this kind of stuff gets added. 
That's true. Regardless of my Jets fan, though, I do find it interesting that they didn't put Zach in there. I don't know why they did that. As much as I hate the Jets, it is wild that you don't put the number two pick in the draft in a Kaboom set. That seems crazy, but it seems like they would have one later in the year in some product, right? Seems unlikely that Zach Wilson has no rookie Kaboom ever. Do you think they're going to put him in something else? Like, will he have a color blast or something? Could they do Kaboom packs? He might be out the league before any of this comes to fruition. (laughs) That is true. You're not wrong there. But. Bro, we just traded for Joe Flacco. Brother, I didn't say the Jets are good. They stink. I tried. We started the show with that. Let's get into some Q&A here. Her auction sales are off the Jets. (laughs) Tyler, you had. uh, I saw you were chatting that up in uh, the group chat yesterday about it, but. Some of the recent auction sales mm-hmm. and what uh, what some of that means for the card market. Yeah, it just feels like across Golden, across PWCC, eBay, over the past three, four days, it, it just feels like stuff has really been going off, you know, at numbers. Mbappe 2018 World Cup is a card that's so like near and dear to my heart and my, you know, kind of involvement in the hobby. The gold. Did record numbers, highest Mbappe card ever sold is what it is what it said. Take there was a little messy the there was a little messy like his like membership badge of his old club way back yeah, in the like, day. Oh, he's like a kid. Did numbers. You got that uh LeBron logo mans are base a million. One like logo man autos are a million bucks. Nowadays, but it didn't sell for a million. I thought it did, didn't it? Do like no, one? It did like seven seventy five. I thought. I thought it did one and change. I'll double check, man. I could have sworn it did not. Um, what are we looking for right now? The, uh, the, the logo LeBron man. logo, man. That's sold on Golden. Um, but the most shocking, the most, the biggest takeaway for me was the Charizard Shadowless PSA ten that did one hundred five k including buyer's premium. And I just, with the, the the explosion that Pokemon cards had, and then kind of what crawled back probably about 50% of their highs, to see that card do that was pretty, I think, uh, just an indicator to me of where we're at, at least on the Pokemon collectability side. There's still so much there. There's still so much there. We forget about time. Ten years from now, it's going to be even more ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. The Pokemon sale was very interesting to me. I'm still trying to understand how they got there with that, but whatever. The number is number, so I'm interested. Mm-hmm. But I also like the Ovechkin Hi, did like Ovechkin 105. Um, there was the what's it called? The, yeah, the Naomi did like 42, I think, something like that. Which Ovechkin sold for 105? Yeah, it was a RPA. So, yeah. Exquisite, yeah. It was like it was a uh, the cup upper deck, the cup, yeah. no upper deck, the clip. It was, yeah. oh, the Beautiful. cup, the cup, the hockey cup. running. It's happening by the way with hockey at 99, like RPA. Like last night, last night, Monday Night Football, uh, yeah, running totally. hockey promos. Yeah, if you open yeah, the ESPN just like app, on. because I do everything on streaming now, like all the time, there's literally just always hockey games that you can fire up. Yeah, because they're they're yeah they're pushing the hell out of it on ESPN Plus. Tennis, Osaka, Serena, Alexis Ohanian gave a little on that. It just feels like the the things that make sense are there's momentum behind all of them. 
Yeah, so that's one of the things. I wanted to talk about the two LeBrons. That was the two talking points I was going to talk about. Cool. Um, I'm trying to find the LeBron logo, man, because I don't. I didn't think it sold for that. I, I thought I saw a tweet about it, but hold on, I'm looking right now. Yeah, sold for seven hundred and seven thousand dollars. Seven oh seven. Seven oh seven two hundred and fifty dollars for a BG. You yeah, that's low, right? Like it, it, I, I honestly, I was actually surprised by both LeBrons because the exquisite jer- jersey number. I was talking with a couple people about this. I am not like in the seven figure card world. So this is a whole different ball game. I mm-hmm. understand. But the LeBron exquisite jersey number 23 of 99 patch auto seems low at 2.4 million compared to some of the other LeBron sales. Like the last one did like 1.7 million in April. Like that to me is LeBron's best rookie card. Like I understand there's if there's like a Jordan LeBron logo man dual one one but like LeBron's best true rookie card. That is it. That is LeBron James' best. That's like a holy grail for modern-day basketball cards. The 23 of 99 exquisite RPA to only, I mean, to do 700,000 more than the one that sold in April, like that seems like the person that sells that one day is going to get 5 to $8 million for that card. That's amazing. I wish I could see, I wish I could see the like bidding volume on these. Meaning, like, did someone was it one was it two people who got it back and forth in the extended bidding, and one of them just gave up a lot earlier than people thought they would, or like how does that all work? Because I think you're right, right? Like, I think a lot of people were expecting it to go for a lot more, and I think this would qualify as like a disappointment in terms of like final number. But when you get up the cards that high, it's so difficult to get. Because, you know, it's like, all right, is it 2.7 or 2.4? Like, what are we talking about? 3.1, 3.5? Like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay the amount of money. That's a ton of money. I just, for like LeBron James' best true rookie card, that seems like, I would have guessed it would have done a, a bit more than that. But same thing with the Le, Le, uh, the LeBron logo, man. I would love to know, like, I'm sure there's a LeBron collector out there that has the exact number, but like, how many logo man autos does LeBron have? It seems like the next, like, from here on out, you'll see LeBron logo mans go for, like, a million dollars. They're just not going to pop up. Like, I can't imagine there's, like, mm-hmm. 50 of them. Yeah, that's Serena yeah. Auto at 44K. Some cool auctions, but let's get into let's get into some Q&A. So these are all going to be from, uh, I think most of these will be from Facebook, the Card Talk Facebook group. If you guys have not signed up for that, go join that. Uh, take Jace, uh, Jason's grabbing questions from there. So we're going to do rapid fire Q&A from Facebook. So these are meant to be 30 to 60 second answers um, from the questions we got on Facebook this week. All right. So this is going to be from Charles Bumgardner on there. He says, with AW, uh, AEW cards coming out soon, what do you think of the wrestling market going forward, vintage and current? So I just saw this morning that AEW mm-hmm. signed an exclusive trading card deal. WWE. WWE? Yeah. You're talking about Panini? Yeah. Is it Panini? Yeah, was, Panini. It, was it that much? Gotcha. And WWE. WWE just signed an exclusive deal with Panini for trading cards. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not involved in wrestling at all. Like, I think I collect some UFC stuff, but I would be lying if I told you I had an opinion on something like this. I just don't know anything about it. I think wrestling fans are some of the most loyal and excited fans about their thing. I can get behind that. Like over just over just about anything. So I think there'll always be a ton, a ton 
of like brand loyalty with WWE. Um, AEW will always like attract the you know like smart like crowd of wrestling fans, like people who think that they are you know seasoned wrestling viewers and all that stuff. So I, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of the cards. I'm not quite sure there'll be an expansion like you see with a basketball or football or baseball, which I don't necessarily think people expect, but for the purposes of the question. Agreed. Royal Rumble is one of the coolest events ever. That's what, about what I got on on wrestling. Arguably one of my favorite video game moments. Not, not many things time. cooler than a Royal Rumble on Sega Genesis. All right, so the next one is from Alexander. I apologize if I say this incorrectly. Alexander Ribator. It says, what will happen to Panini and Topps cards when Fanatics will take over? Will it ever be more rare? What? Will it ever be more rare, so more value? So, like, will, will Tops and Panini stuff go up or down when Fanatics takes over? I've always said, again, I, I've been very open about this, about my belief in wax. I believe as time passes and the supply goes down as breakers and people open them, they become more rare and increase in value, especially if there's something in there to chase. I'm not saying buy the worst product you can think of for both and then keep those forever, but I typically believe that as Luca. 1819 prison basketball year, whatever, you know, 1819 prison basketball, as that stuff goes down, down the road in time and people still have that, that it becomes more rare. So I don't think Fanatics has anything to, in my opinion, doesn't have anything to do with the, the price of wax. I think it's just supply. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it affects, I don't think it affects the, the value of the wax too, too much. I don't think it's a big, big factor there. I agree. I think sometimes when we talk about like, I think people get really interested in like older cards of like current athletes. So like the tops UFC card, I think people get really excited about. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's like, Oh, because it's no longer printed. It's more valuable. It's just about who the people are that are on the cards more than anything. I would just look at 86 Fleer. It's happened, right? Like the trends, these things have happened. Is 86, is 86 Fleer more valuable because Fleer doesn't make basketball cards anymore? Or is 86 Fleer valuable because the time that's passed because of what it meant because of the nostalgia because of the people that are able to have purchase power at that that was their era so licenses have changed hands oh i mean nhl was is a you know the rights to broadcast goes to espn these things happen more than i think people give credit to and i don't um i I don't the value won't go up because they're no longer making cards but the value likely will go up if the players that you're speaking of and the uh, actual products continue to hold relevancy. All right, next question is from Chris Simmerall. It says, with NIL, will we see will we see the card companies putting together college products with current student athletes? How such how will such product affect the card market? 100%. I think what happened or is happening with the overtime and tops uh collaboration i think is a a basic blueprint for what we're looking at in the future when it comes to uh amateur athletes and cards i think the big thing will be will how it will affect college products that come out now at the beginning of the collecting season so contenders draft picks is typically one of the first products of the year for football how will that be affected when you've already gotten rookie autos of caleb williams or you know uh stetson Benz, bennett the isn't that the quarterback's name for Georgia Lou? Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chris Olave, if you've got their rookie autos from three years ago, because Panini re- re- uh, released a product during the season, how will that affect their other college rookie autos when 
They've got them throughout the year. I think that'll be interesting to collect college stuff, but Leaf already has college products now, right? Like Leaf makes high school All-American with some of these guys before they're even in college. So you can buy those guys before they play. I don't think it's any different. It'll just have licenses on them. So um, they'll still be collected. People will still want to scout that kind of stuff and find out who's going to be good before they are. I, I believe we haven't seen even the beginning, the remote beginning of the impact of what these deals are going to bring recruiting wise collective bargaining wise people just bypassing college altogether to take deals people staying in college longer because they can monetize more like saquon could if that's three years later him going back to penn state they could have paid him crazy money fill the seats etc so i think we really haven't seen all this my main takeaway is far more prospecting which worries me based on biased fandom that people are going to be aping into stuff because they think like me when i'm just blindly biased that this person's going to be amazing and then they're like drafting the third round and get cut after four weeks next one's a good one it's uh it's from ty smith this is as of right now who is the best long-term hold in any of the three big sports baseball basketball football active players are we, are we saying active players or not anyone anyone at all baseball football basketball who are you buying to hold for 10 plus years lebron tom brady michael jordan interesting we all had different answers tom brady would be mine uh jay if if anybody here is listening since we had some time on this question i would love to get the some of your guys's uh takes on this who do you guys think would be the one person you can hold for the next 10 20 30 years who are you holding only one person Buying them now, they're going to be worth more later. Who are you buying? Uh, Brian Carr, what made Ryan choose uh, going with Loop was what not considered. Did he think it will reach a larger audience than he already has? Um, I, full full disclosure, I have every intention to go on WhatNot in the next seven to 10 days. Like I'm trying both apps. I I didn't excite. This is an interesting question, but there, there was no uh, exclusive deals. Like this wasn't like a, Hey, we'll pay you to come on this app. It's just, everybody's on it. It seems like an easy way to um, like, we were doing live sales before, right on Instagram. And I don't think people realize like when we have 500 people commenting and like claiming stuff, and then you got to track down payments and you got to DM people. It, Disaster it, scene. It, it takes a whole team and it's a lot more time. Like there's a lot more uh, time involved. On Loop and whatnot, those apps are built specifically Loop because I've used it so far. I have not been on whatnot yet. With Loop, you get a report of every card ever purchased on there during the live sale as soon as you're done with the buyer's name, username, address, state, a way to send them the tracking number, everything. So all I have to do is put the item for sale. Somebody pays for it. It's not like a, hey, I'll pay you tomorrow and my mom gives me money. It's actually paid for. Then I get off and have a whole sheet of where to send all of these cards I can give to someone on my team and they can get them shipped out next day. It's the, the, e- the easeability of those apps. I think that's the word. Uh, those, uh, those, those, they, uh, again, specifically loop cause they've been on it. It's uh it's great. The team's great. I I've enjoyed it. And I, uh, I will definitely continue to use, uh, loop before and I'm excited to try whatnot as well. All right, Mike Slade, will the market ever go back to where it was five to 10 years ago? I recently saw an old Facebook sale post with the 2017 Prism Brady Black Finite for $400. It reminded me how thing, how low things were not so long ago. I think personally, this is one of the reasons I am a little pickier now on what I keep long-term 
because again, I, I think we've talked about this before briefly, but like, I think sometimes we get lost like in the card world and the, the, the monetary numbers behind these cards, right? Like a Justin Herbert rookie auto selling for $25,000 is a ton of money, right? Like, is that going to be worth 25,000 10 years from now, 15 years from now? It may be, but if not $25,000 now is just so much like it's real dollars. It's real money. Um, I don't want to get too heady, but four hundred dollars in twenty seventeen is like eighty bucks today, and and a lot of these numbers, these high end numbers, just the U.S. dot like again, inflation, whatever, whatever, whatever. There's a lot of people that had a boatload of money that got a boatload more money in the last 18 months based on what's happening. And these numbers, we, I don't look at things as one-to-one. I don't think $400 in 2017 for that card. Now I, if 400, it happens more on the higher end, like 600 K to a million versus 400 to 500 type deal. I'll leave it there. That's my, that's my take. There is a little bit of that. The other thing I would mention is a shift in how people invest their money. Like, I think people are a lot more likely to spend a thousand dollars today on a card or a, you know, NFT or whatever else than they were three years ago to buy a card. Like, they're just more willing to spend the money. I think people are more interested in quote unquote, like, investing their money and putting their money places than they were before, which also is a big factor in this. I don't disagree with that at all. It's almost like what used to be like, oh, can I find the hip hop artist before my boys so I can put them on? Now it's, can I make an investment before other people and see it go up? Yeah, alternative investing is definitely here to stay and definitely is a main, like a major part of society. But even more than alternative, like Robinhood, like investing in Tesla. Tesla went up uh, in uh, in general points yesterday. Like, you know how many people are like... 18, 19, running around being like, yeah, I've been a tech dude forever. I invested in a thousand bucks into Tesla. Now it's 2,500. Uh, so Billy Messer asks, uh, I've been meaning to ask, ask this forever. How do you track your sales and buys? For example, you buy a lot of cards for X price. How do you track what you paid and how do you track the cards fluctuating worth and what you need to sell to make a profit? Seems easy if you're talking 10 cards or less, but when you buy and sell as much as Ryan, how do you keep keep it all straight? Any program, software, or advice? So it's my favorite uh, thing. About I will Ryan. tell you, I have a video coming out where we bought an $800 lot on eBay and I show people like what I looked at, like when I was buying the lot, like what is this card going to sell for conservatively? What could it realistically sell for? And so I'll go through that on an eBay video. Um, so when I first started, like a lot of what I did was just Google Sheets, right? You take the card, you put all of them on a, on a different tab and it just says like what you paid, eBay fees, how much you have left in it. And it tells you like you can just set up formulas to track how much you have in a particular lot. Um, now, as we've gotten bigger and it's at scale, like the big thing I always say is like, personally, it doesn't really matter what you paid for. That's irrelevant once you buy it. Like if you buy a card for $100 and it goes to $10, you paying 100 doesn't make any difference, right? We talk about that a lot, like with emotion, bringing, taking emotion out of it. If the card goes from 100 to 1,000 or 100 to $10, it still doesn't matter what you paid for it. It's currently worth this. It's currently worth that. Um, so it's just a matter of, do you want to sell it at that when it's worth a particular value? But, um, in terms of like tracking things, typically I've used like Google sheets and stuff like that. And Ty, I think you do the same thing. Correct. When did you start tracking? 
Oh, I don't do, like I said, I don't do it anymore. Just with the volume. Like when I, yeah, like 16, like 15, 16, like when I started getting more serious about it and I was like, Hey, this is like, especially when Instagram got big, I was buying deals. Um, and I would just buy, you know, buy a random lot. You'd price it all out. And then like, again, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I would price out an entire deal, 10 cards, say what I think it could sell for. And then I'd set up little formulas for it to say, take off the 12% eBay fees, take off the shipping fees. How much do I have left? Right. Then I would auto deduct it from like what I spent on the lot to how much I had left in the lot. And then it would tell me like, okay, I've got these cards left. This is how much I have remaining in the lot. And then I would sell one card and you just, you just set up little formulas and track it. So. Uh, this is for Tyler though. It says Matt Merrill asks, "What is your thoughts on the metaverse? How do we capitalize?" I, I believe on the metaverse, um, it's much more what we're doing. Right, this is the metaverse. You're capitalizing on it. Some homie named Matt Merrill just got his question on a show. Lou is across the water from me in Jersey. I'm in New York. Ryan's in Ohio. We're putting out a podcast. Judy. I don't know where she is off the top of my head. Jay's down in Florida. Like, you are capitalizing on the metaverse. Judy's in Astoria. Don't mean to dox everyone, but we are capitalizing on the metaverse, in my opinion. And that's that's my takeaway is you can make investments in certain companies. I believe in Facebook. Um, but to me, the metaverse is just the interconnectivity that continues to exist. The iPhone is the metaverse. That's what I got. You are capitalizing on it. If you are buying, selling cards online, if you are meeting people over social and then transitioning that relationship. All right. So the next question is from Joaquin Lagos. It says, Joaquin, the dream here. Other than the national, are you guys going to be at more shows, West Coast trips or Canada? Uh, Yes, is my answer to that. You're not going to Dallas this weekend. You're going to the Ohio State game. I'm going to Dallas for 24 hours. Oh, you are? Friday? Yeah, I'm trying to go Thursday afternoon, right before dealer setup to like Friday afternoon. That's this weekend. I can't go. Um, we are. My gut says I'm pretty confident we'll be at that Mint Collective show in Vegas. I definitely got to get back to Dallas. Believe we're working on some eBay things for the next year. There is the national. My gut says we do a little Metaverse Card Talk Live too. I, I plan on getting back to shows heavily. Lou, any thoughts? I would love to go to shows. I think for me, my my thing with shows is like the time and like cost of travel plus like what you actually are bringing to the show monetarily and cards wise is like a big factor that I hadn't considered before. Like it has to be worth my time, you know? And I think that's fair. Like I think a lot like that's often overlooked is like how much time and money it takes to go to these shows mm-hmm. and prepare for them and be at them and like what opportunity cost, what you're giving up to go to them. Yeah, dude. Like it's, you know, 200 bucks for a flight, 300 bucks for a hotel for a weekend, 400 bucks for a hotel for a weekend. Like it's, it's the flights to Dallas this week are $455 a ticket, mm-hmm. a ticket, a lot of money plus a hotel room. All right. Last question. Uh, Adrian, Zuccarelli asked Tyler, soccer question for you. Is Mohamed Salah cards stickers criminally underpriced? I say this as he is performing week after week as one of the, and one of the best at the moment. Your thoughts? I do believe so. For me, it's a longer time hold though. Like, I, I believe this is a great point to get in. I think I just checked. He's coming up on 45 million followers on IG. The reach of these 
international proper football players is insane. And he is one of the most informed players in the world at the moment. I do think here in the U.S., which uh, is where a lot of the sports card consumerism has been based, but I believe it's growing internationally with soccer and shout out D-Rob and collectibles and those that are really pushing a lot of that stuff. I think Mo Salah, if you get the cards, I don't think there's going to be a quick like flip to be had even in the lead up to the World Cup. But I do believe if you have the ability to buy and hold Salah cards long term, looking back on it, he is going to be an absolute legend of the game. That's my that's my take. Liverpool legend. I think they win the the uh, Premier League again this year. So, do I believe they're criminally undervalued? Yes. Do I think there's a short flip to be had? No. Maybe next week on uh, Facebook Q and A, Lou, we will get you some questions. Um, shout out to no, it's okay. Lou's about to win a World Series. Let's be real. I don't care about anything except the World Series right now. Like absolutely nothing. I love it. All right, let's get into play of the week. Again, play of the week is brought to you by eBay, your number one stop for all things cards and collectibles. All right, so we've done this probably 20 times. If you're new here, Jason takes all the all of the plays from the listeners via Twitter or Instagram, and Lou, Tyler, and I look at them live on the show. All right, the first one is from JM Collectors. It says, good afternoon. I have a submission for play of the week. I went to a local card show this past Saturday and was digging through the dollar was digging through $1 fireboxes when the owner greeted me and told me everything in the fireboxes was 50% off. I found this 1999 Topps Chrome Refractors Emmett Smith card with some surface issues and decided to take the 50 cent plunge on it, among many others. When I got home, I saw comps in better condition going for around 50 bucks. I listed it right then for $29.99 oboe and woke up to a $25 offer on the next $25 offer the next morning and accepted immediately. The surface issues were mentioned in the title and description, and I made sure that they were visible on the picture of the front of the card after shipping and eBay fees. I cleared eighteen oh seven for a profit of six seventeen fifty seven. Pretty good. I love it. Love the dollar box plays, especially when they're fifty cents. And it's Emmett Smith, and it's a cowboy. Yeah, old school tops chrome. This, yeah, the old school tops chromes are sweet. This. You could go to Dallas and cover your airplane costs just grinding dollar boxes trying to find good cowboy stuff. If you care to. I went to the Chantilly card show this weekend and spent most of my seven hours straight at this card show going through value boxes. You're such a legend. It's a play. I'm aware. It takes real discipline. I like to like relax and watch TV shows and Ryan (laughs) likes to like dive through dollar boxes. Uh, Like... Like I'm not even making 100%, fun of you. And I know way, you're not. Like and that. like you couldn't be more like yeah. I don't know about you. I'm not saying that, but like that is my thing. Like I I would outside yeah. of watching Ohio State football, I would rather go to like every card show in the country and find everything underpriced. Like it's just it's what I enjoy. <laughs> I love that. Like so I want to go through dollar boxes and like find the best deals. Like I just enjoy that so much. It's weird. I trust me. I get I it. That. Like that's just what makes me like tick. I think it's dope as shit. I love that. All right, next one, Jay. All right, this is from extra uh it says play of the week i've been on the f1 train since early in 2020 season so i follow the headlines and rumors pretty thoroughly after george russell made his debut for mercedes at the end of last year it was abundantly clear he would get a contract there either this year or next so i was able to snipe this sec 10 sapphire variation for what i thought was a great price of 350 in june uh now only a month after the announcement it's that he's going to race for mercedes next year i sold it for a buy it now price of 1250 4xing my money this is not only a good ROI, but this is fun for me as I enjoy watching and staying in touch with my F1 as a sport in general. Fire. I mean, what a play. It's a great job. 
that was when that was like right after the stuff had come out and it was tough to find grades. Three fifty probably felt like a lot at that time. He said it was a good deal, but it, I'm sure it felt like a decent amount of money at that time. And it's a good job to anticipate the rumors. I think the the George thing with going to Mercedes is one of those where it was incredibly obvious what was going to happen. And it still took a while for the prices to catch up. But the prices have caught up now, actually. And they probably actually reset a little bit. Um, but great play. So what's the deal? He's going over to Mercedes and he's going to pretty much be alongside and pushing Lewis, right? He will be the second driver with Lewis, yes. But he's the young upstart, and Lewis is kind of the – some want to call him over the hill, and he wants to go Tom Brady on him. I definitely wouldn't say his, people say he's over the hill. I think people – I don't know. how it's deep on Twitter. People, people are wondering are when – Really saying he may never uh, 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 climb the mountain. People are confused. Again. I don't think – that's interesting. That's an interesting take. But, yeah, George, I think, is definitely the future of Mercedes. That's the, that's the conundrum. Once you bring in the future, it's kind of hard to focus on the past, you know. All right, next one. <laughs> All right, so this is from Tin Cup Sports Cards. It says, for this play, I had a customer hit a variation Patrick Mahone or Patrick Williams cracked ice on card out of Contenders Basketball in one of our breaks. I asked to purchase the card, and at the time, there were no comps. Based off of other Patrick Williams sales, I offered three seventy five, and the offer was accepted, which I thought was a great deal, as I was willing to pay more. I sent it into PSA at $150 grade, bringing my total investment to roughly $550. The card came back with a 10 and I sold it on eBay for $4.3K after tax, netting me around $3K on the deal. Classic play. And he put his message with the guy that he hit the brakes from. He says, I do brakes on Instagram nightly, and sometimes when we hit a nice card, I try to buy it off whoever hit it. Some people frown on the practice, but it has afforded me some great opportunities and provides an instant payoff for people in our breaks. Win-win. He said, let me know if you want to sell it. Uh, the guy he said, what's the comp? He said, I don't see anything. I'm guessing around 350 to 400. That's just my guess. And he says, clear my tab and it's yours. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good job. I tink up. I also, people, I, do people really get mad about that? If you buy things off of a break, you do? We like I don't typically ask people just because like it the hardest part about it is especially if you hit a nice card, right? And it's a break that's five hundred bucks and it's a four hundred dollar card. I always hate asking somebody, hey, do you want to sell the best card you hit in the break for a hundred dollars less than you just spent on the entire break? That's a little tough to do. But yeah, I mean a lot of people like I mean, again, like some people might say, Hey, this is shady, but there was no comps on it, right? Like I mean, it's kind of hard to say. Um, in this kind of situation, I might like, if you're making that kind of money on it, maybe throw the guy like, Hey brother, you did really well on this. Here's a free break spot, right? We're going to, th- we're going to do a couple breaks this weekend. Here's a nice break spot. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe throw him a bone. You made 10 X on your money. Um, maybe, maybe throw mm-hmm. somebody a bone on this, but you know, it's not like he forced him to sell the card. It's not like he said, Hey brother, you can never draw my breaks again. Please sell me this card. Totally. And I'm actually a huge fan of cashing out after I hit a card on a break because it's yeah, like, I mean- all right, great. I can make my Man money move on. Double eyes, like clear me out, bro. Yeah, he <laughs> was he was dying to get out of there. He wanted no part of Patrick Williams. I do think, though, Ryan, to your point, and I have no interest in. I, I don't think, my, from my point of view, I don't believe Tin Cup Sports has done anything wrong here. I do think a good business play is going back to your man's and giving him a free break in something. Yeah, I just think that's good. 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 Business. Like, like, I, I, 
I genuinely believe 10 Cup Sports Cards didn't be like, dude, I got this for $450. It's a $1,000 card. It's a $5,000 card. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Classic play. He ended it classic play. Next one. Oh, whoa. There's a lot going on here. Uh, this is from Bex, period, underscore. It says, WNBA play. Hey, guys, love the show. I'm from Sydney, Australia. So I converted it to U.S. dollars for you. Thank you. Uh, it says, I bought a Candace Parker rookie auto from a card show at the beginning of the year. The guy hadn't had much interest in it and was struggling to move it. I had to have it and thought it was really cool. Candace is great, but I also saw the value in the card, which was a bonus. Come on, it's Candace Parker for a Hall of Famer. It says, at the time, there was only one sold on eBay, which is uh, an old comp for around 200 USD, but he sold it to me for $70. Since she's just won another championship, I decided to put it up on eBay the day after the win and recently sold it for $375. I was confident I wouldn't lose money on the card because I loved it either way, but ended up being a nice payout. I'm just a small fish in a pond making uh, making plays in a big pond. Bex. Shout out, That's Bex. That's good. That's a great explanation. Gave us this a This reminds little... me a lot of the Mika Parsons play. Hmm. Right? You buy a card that you enjoy keeping, and when it goes up, 5x you're like hey let's see if we you know if we make something cool if not we're still we're still cool keeping it gets a little 375 out of card you have 70 bucks in i I think it's uh i think it's cool agree shout out down under i like it and candace is a legend what's i also love what's written house i don't even know what that is wma written house Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting weird good job though all right i believe that's all of them is there one more jay Oh, there's one more. All right, more. so it's... Oh, my favorite card. Uh, Some Mike of my favorite Falls cards. 88. It says, hey guys, love the pod. Got a play of the week for you. Nothing big, but nice return in just days. Picked up a James Robinson National Treasures Field Pass auto for $30 before the London game that I was confident they could win, which was on national TV and hoped Robinson would play well. Listed it for $89.99 and accepted a best offer of $79.99. That's $50 profit or about 2.5 times in just two days after I got the card in the mail and then listed it. Not the most money, but quick 2x in two days. I'll take it 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. It's good work. Yeah, I mean, that's... Can never go wrong buying a car. I mean, didn't even take the tape off. They both kept the tape on the top loader. Not yeah, even changing the picture. Quick, quick flip. Quick flip. Man, that's that's pretty good. It's, that's, uh, that's hard to argue with. It's This is so cool. It's also why I uh, I believe Ryan back to the four hundred dollar sports gambling has also gotten huge since twenty seventeen, right? The the access to it. Sure. There was a lot of people that used sure. to bet sports, but it's changed completely. People are throwing ten dollar bets left and right, like just for fun. Yeah, because one human may say, okay, the Jags are playing in London on national TV in the morning. I'm going to wake up and watch it and I'm going to throw $50 on the game. And if I win, I make 50 bucks because I'm confident on it, which that was a, I think they won on a last second field goal or an OT. I think they won by a field goal. I think it was a last second field goal on a dude that they had just signed off the practice squad. That was like not even in the NFL. Correct. And then then Lawrence has to celebrate his first ever professional win, like over in London. Um, do you, real quick side note, quick yes or no answer. Did Urban Meyer fly back on the same plane? Uh, no, <laughs> no. I didn't. I didn't think. So. I don't know the answer, but, but I don't think so. Um, so I was just. I think that's cool. Like, uh, I I think this is a sweet way to 
put your sports confidence into investing. And I think it just goes to show again of like, there's so many ways to turn your knowledge into cash nowadays based on the internet, which I would just call the metaverse. Yeah, this, uh, that I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think that's why sports cards will continue to, um, be in the mix, just like, just like gambling. Yeah. Right. It'll, it'll be in demand, right? Like, you know, if you think the Jaguars are going to win by seven points and James Robinson is going to have 500 yards, but James Robinson only has 400 yards. If you would have bought a James Robinson rookie auto, at least you have something, even if Correct. the bet didn't cash. Right. The tangible asset to if you believe in somebody, right? If you believe in the Jaguars winning this week, well, then buy a James Robinson rookie auto at the same price. Because even if they don't win this week, but he goes off next week, you still have that one card and you still get a piece of your original investment. That's why I think sports cards will continue to be a play is if you believe in something, especially people like this, right? No different than the Candace Parker, no different than the George Russell, right? If somebody's spending the time looking into what is coming up down the road and you're using your intuition to like, hey, this guy's going to be really good. This is a situation that's coming up. Hey, the World Cup's going to be here. Hey, there's this this documentary coming out. There are things coming down the road that people can forecast, right? You're crazy to think right now if you don't think somebody's on that watches this show is like, hey, I'm making plays on Tom Brady cards because when the Man in the Arena documentary comes out and Brady stuff's all over TV, I'm going to have it just like The Last Dance. And oh, hey, there's a Magic Johnson documentary coming out. I'm looking at Magic Johnson stuff because you can buy some of his stuff cheap and I'm looking for that. Like people are making these kind of plays every day. This is, again, more sports and performance-based, but yeah, I think that stuff is just going to continue to be a, a factor in cards. Agreed. Well, well, well said. Well put. So this is actually tough. Like, some of these I really, really like. Like, the Candace Parker one with, like, the, I bought it for a PC, but if I get to sell it, that's cool. The George Russell getting in on F1 early, um, you know, buying a card, grading it, cashing out somebody from a break. Um James Robinson, I mean, flipping something in two days without even changing the picture. That's wild. Straight off of just like, I believe in this is going to happen and I'm just going to make a quick bet on it. But, you know, play to your audience. There's no chance. These are great plays. This is probably my favorite week we've had in a minute. There's no chance of taking something other than the Emmett Smith. There's just no way. Wow. I I respect because that's your type of play. That is how you build equity in cards. Dollar boxes, $5. The value box plays spend a hundred, turn it into 200 once a week for two years. And you have a lot more money, right? If you're willing to put in two hours on a Saturday, this is real. This is what I preach that it's not always about buying million dollar cars. And you know, that, that kind of stuff takes time. This is how you build up equity in cards. This is what I believe in for sure. Emmett Smith is my play. Respect. George Russell's my play. F1 SGC. Nice flip. Um, percentage-wise, actually, less of a flip than your Emmett Smith, I believe. But it's just, this is us right here. Honestly, I you could have picked any of these, and I'd be like, yeah, that's a good play. Yeah. This was, to me, one of the best weeks we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Just like, I loved all of these plays. Yeah. Like I said, the getting in, like you said, to our F1 and SGC early, the buying a card, cashing somebody out in a break, grading it, buying a PC card that you may end up selling later and you can make a couple hundred bucks on. Or buying a card on eBay, flipping it in two days, like flip life. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm for all of it. The, the, there were some really, really good places. There this week. is one thing about the um, 
buying the when you mentioned about grading like i do think the breaker has a little bit of an advantage when they go into that based on being having seen the card up close and personal and if they're breaking a lot and knowing like and grading they probably may have been aware of it being a 10 and not that they need to disclose that but i think that they have a little bit of advantage yeah, leverage I, mean, I think in that you can situation. disclose that it's in good i think you can disclose that it's in good condition but psa is not exactly giving out 10 like they're nothing so i think it's pro- i mean uh, yeah i I'm not as big on that because I think you can tell somebody it's in good condition, but a contenders is not an easy grade and PSA is not giving out tens like it's nothing. That conversation, that sales a lot different if that's a PSA 8, For not sure. a PSA 10. Sure. And the grader took that risk on that card, sending that in. So I feel a little differently about the grade. Fair. And a lot of people don't care to grade cards. All right. So uh, extra guacam. Uh, won the play of the week this week with the George Russell SGC 10. So, did, so we did we just assume Lou was in on that or did he give a quick head shake? You did? No, I, I did. Nice. I gave a head shake. I'm in. Nice. I'll um, Lou, before we go into um, latest launch, what's up with the flight? Where what you, can what's I do up? For you? The, the flight is not looking great at the moment and apparently my hotel isn't working out super well either. So, like, we got issues, but, but you know. Stroh's. Strohs We're working six. on it. So you'll, you'll, yeah. Strohs and six. six. Wow. In five. Sorry. Who's the MVP? Jordan Alvarez. Altuve. What about our guy? Who? Bregman. Breggy. He's been a little. He's had a. He's had a tough postseason. Honestly, yeah, I was actually thinking out. last night we haven't had we haven't had the Alex Bregman game yet, and I it's agree. coming. Because when that boy gets going, I just can't believe Lou. <laughs> Gar- I mean, that's bold, man. Guaranteeing a World Series. I- Props. I hope. No, Ryan. Not only am I guaranteeing it, I'm saying Astros in five. Shout out Bregman, fan of the pod, fan of the people. Maybe clip this. See if he'll come on Car Talk. Do a little uh, post World Series Car Talk Q and A. Nat Turner is coming on. Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. I was watching the uh, Knicks Celtics game. Tyler was at on TV, chilling in bed one day, and I'm like, I think that's Nat Turner. I'm like, Reg, rewind it. And sure enough, Nat Turner chilling baseline. And Reg is like, is that the PSA guy? I'm like, yep, sure is. And uh, tweeted it. I'm like, I'm like, Nat Turner's at the game. How cool is this? And someone said, Nat, is this you? And he's like, yep. And Ty was like, hey, we'd love to have you on the podcast. I was Jack so Curry. jacked up leaving he's the like, game. <laughs> so he's jacked. like, I'm in. I'm like, let's go. Yep. So we gotta, we'll, we'll get that scheduled. We'll get that scheduled for sure. That'll be a fun one. Yep. All right. Big, uh, actually big release week this week. A uh, couple things coming out. Got some baseball, football, and basketball. First things first, absolute football comes out Wednesday. We've talked about that before. Important release that will do very well, especially breaks. It's not a ton of cars. It's got serial numbered, five hits a box, potentials that kabooms. Absolute definitely going to be a solid product this year. Breakers will, will love it. There'll be a lot of breaks on that stuff. Have high expectations for absolute. Mosaic Choice Baseball. Panini Recon Basketball. So Recon first first featured, to my understanding, is first featured in Chronicles, now becoming full release. We've talked about that before with what Chronicles is. When they see enough demand in the product for that particular set, it turns into its full line. First time ever Recon Basketball releases Wednesday. Also Wednesday, Tops Heritage Minor League Baseball. Not sure if Lou can talk much about that. Tops Update Series... I thought the minor leagues like don't even exist anymore. They kind of they do, but it's uh, definitely and weird. And the tops update series baseball comes out Friday. 
I still have some of that so, top uh, sealed series two Gary V set. Not the Gary V set, the one where he the inserts were in there. Pretty excited. I might, yeah, I might. Tatis in there. So solid, uh, solid release week. Heck of an episode. We knew it was going to be fun, fun going this in. This is a good one. This is this is a good one. Shout out Judy. Um, Ty. Shout out Jay. Ty, real quick. Let's do it. Let's do it. Go there. Prediction. Give me a score. What is this? Oh, Penn State, Ohio State. Is that what we're doing? Mm-hmm. My prediction Got is uh, 24-20 Ohio State. 45-14 Ohio State. I like 45-14 Ohio State. Y'all are like that right now? Is Stroud our that dude? Our offense is good. Yeah, our offense is like I, I, I hope I hope I'm right, but my confidence is at an all time high right now. Seeing that offense, I mean, they're number one in the nation in so many different categories. Like you have Olave, Wilson, Ruckert, the number one running back in the country, and Henderson averaging nine yards a carry. Like Stroud's two in the Heisman candidate, uh, in the Heisman voting right now, and like or in like odds. Um, yeah, I feel. How are y'all doing on turnovers? You've been creating a lot. Uh, a couple interceptions. Like we had four straight games with an inter, uh, INT touchdown, um, like pick six. Um, we just can't figure out our quarterback. Ty, it must be nice to must be nice to just play cupcakes for four weeks in a row. Uh, totally. That's why I went twenty four twenty because his overconfidence and my lack of confidence were probably both a little bit wrong. But we'll I see. will say that it must be nice to play Tulsa in Maryland. Yeah, our backup quarterback we'll is leading Kentucky right now, and we didn't have enough faith in our current backup quarterback to play him a single snap. When my man Sean Cliff loved the guy, but he couldn't throw the ball, he couldn't run the ball, he couldn't move his feet, and he still played the whole game. I'm pumped. So we're a mess. like no idea how excited I am to be there. It's gonna be lit. It'll be lit. What do you think will be a close? Here's a good question for you. What do you think will be a closer game? The Penn State game Penn or the State. Michigan? Or no, Michigan. Michigan by a mile. Who's Michigan playing? You think Michigan's Uber good? I think it's going to win Michigan. Wait, what? Yeah. What are we talking about? Wait, hold on. I'm saying, I'm saying, what game do you think for is going to be closer? You. The Ohio State, uh, Penn State I think game, the Michigan State, or the Michigan Ohio State, Michigan? No, no, no. Which game will be closer? Michigan. Who gives Ohio, Ohio State, State a better game? Michigan or Penn State? Michigan. Michigan yes. by a mile. Where's the game? Ohio State or Michigan? Michigan. Okay. By well, a that's... mile. That's one aspect. Michigan of it. State might be a tougher game than Penn State. Sean Clifford is terrible. Sean Clifford they has lost to Illinois in nine overtimes and could not gain three yards for six. Bro, he's got two broken Yikes, ribs. Ty. Relax, guy. Brother. Yeah, guy. Nine overtimes versus Illinois? Nine overtimes isn't real. It's two point fucking conversion game, okay? <laughs> It's not That's nine true, overtimes. By the way. Everyone, uh, nine overtimes. I'm like, yeah. Three yards, six straight times. Might as well have been boy, I can't practice. But yeah, we're going to get buried. No, but yeah, th- there's actually some good college football games this weekend. Michigan, so Michigan State this weekend? That's fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if Penn State would have lost, big t- the ESPN would have been in Columbus. So shout out to Penn State for losing. losing. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Ty, may the best team win. Fair. Fair and facts. Lou, good luck to your Strohs, especially since you guaranteed it. You did guarantee it. Not worried Go at Braves. all. Go Braves. That's all I got for now. Peace. Peace. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. 
It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.